0: We want to welcome everyone once again, those of you who are in person here in the sanctuary. We want to welcome you especially, and those who are also watching online, we welcome you. We're, as Pastor Orlando just said a minute ago, uh, we're in this series on the Beatitudes, the sermon that Jesus preached in Matthew chapter 5. I think as we started last week, and I think as we move forward, we know and we can discover that life can be very, very tough. I think all of us know that life is difficult. Life can be hard. Um, Some of us would even say life is not easy at all. Life is full of losses. Nothing works perfectly in life. My body doesn't work perfectly. The weather doesn't work perfectly. The economy doesn't work perfectly. No relationship works perfectly. No marriage is perfect. So on this earth, On this earth, we have a lot of defeats and we have a lot of disappointments. There are trials, tribulations, sorrow, and suffering. When you look at life, you would have to say we live in a life that's filled with problems and pressures and nothing works perfectly. And that's why these little statements that Jesus makes in Matthew chapter 5 are so important to us because when you combine them together, you see that through whatever situation you find yourself in, you discover that the Lord is there for each and every circumstance. When we look at this negativity of life, this negative outlook of life as we just described it, how can you rise above those inevitable losses that we experience in life? How do you rise above the difficulties? How do you rise above those situations that, that press us down, those disappointments that press us down? And so in this series of Beatitudes, this, this, this sermon that Jesus preached, you can live, even in the midst of mourning, you can lead a blessed life. And so here in the second Beatitude, we want to talk about how God blesses those who have broken hearts. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, if you have your Bibles, you want to open them, or if you have a smartphone, you can follow along. Matthew chapter 5, verse 4, says these words. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Now, when you read this verse, the concept of this verse seems absolutely ludicrous. To be blessed, to experience happiness in life, is to mourn. Seriously? This verse sounds so abnormal, almost irrational. This verse seems like a great reversal. What does Jesus mean when he speaks these words? God blesses Those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Here's here's an insight that you need to remember. It's something that we've got to remember in life. That God doesn't expect me to be happy all the time. I I feel like there's this myth in Christianity that we have embraced as Christians, that if you are a believer, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you know Jesus on a personal level, that you should always be happy and you should never experience sadness. You should always be cheerful, skipping along every single day, picking up flowers and talking about love and peace. Now, I don't know about you and what you may be dealing with in your life, those in this auditorium or those watching online. I I certainly hope that every one of us today is experiencing a relatively easy time in life, but some of you may not. Some of you may be here physically, but inside, inside your body, inside your life, there is an emotional churning going on. Maybe you've experienced loss in some way, and you're feeling some disappointments in life. Some of you who may be watching online, you're experiencing conflicts right now. You, maybe you've got chaos in your life and you've experienced perhaps even this week a bad health report. Listen, people are under tension. Maybe you've even recently experienced the death in your family or something has caused you grief. Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse four says, there is a time to cry and there is a time to laugh. There is a time to grieve, and there is a time to dance. The Bible says that sometimes weeping is appropriate. Sometimes mourning is appropriate. Sometimes grieving is appropriate. But the fact still remains, in the midst of living in this world, we can be filled with lots of sadness. Accidents happen that hurt people. Children are kidnapped. People die in house fires. You turn on the television and you watch the news. You look on the internet. It is filled with bad stuff. There's a lot of pain on this planet. A lot of pain on this planet. And in the midst of all of this sadness and pain, God doesn't expect you to stuff your emotions And always keep a smile on your face in the middle of the storms that you experience in life. In fact, the Bible says that in the midst of our grief, in the midst of our sadness, while we are mourning, God wants to bless you. We experience hundreds of losses in life. You can lose your friend. You can lose your health. You can lose your marriage. You can lose money. You can lose on a a business deal that goes sideways, you can lose your job, you can lose your reputation, you can lose your energy, you can lose your family, you can lose all of your dreams and your goals. And in those moments that you experience loss, the most appropriate response to the losses that you experience in life is not to fake it and put a smile on your face. It's to face it and to actually grieve the losses to actually mourn in the middle of your disappointments when terrible things happen. God doesn't expect me to be happy all the time. Here's another insight for you to remember before we get into some some practical application. That grief, to grieve, to go through a process of mourning is essential for my health. It's essential for my emotional health, spiritual health, mental health, physical health. If you never grieve about the losses that you experience in life and if you are never sad about everything, it means one of three things. You are out of touch with reality because in this world there are lots of things that you can be sad about or you can be out of touch with your own emotions and you're living in denial or you simply don't love. Because when you love and you see sad things, it should make you grieve. There should be the emotion of mourning that takes place in your life. See, grief grief is a painful emotion. But it's a healthy emotion. It's a, it's a helpful emotion. Actually, grieving is God's gift to you. Because God uses grief as a tool to help you get through the transitions that you face in life. This is one of the most important lessons we can learn in life. Because if you don't learn to grieve when pain happens in your life and you don't feel the emotion of grief and you suppress it and you push it down and you don't deal with it and you kind of like push it away from you, you will spend the rest of your life reacting and taking it out on other people around you. In fact, the Bible says in Psalm 39, verse 2, But as I stood in silence, not even speaking of good things, notice this, the turmoil within me grew worse. That's what that verse is saying. If you don't grieve the losses in your life, if you keep too busy and you continue to press on and you don't even stop to mourn the death of a loved one, if you just ignore and stuff those feelings, then what happens, the Bible says, it is in that distress, that distress will continually grow worse in your life. So what I'm saying is this, to grieve, to experience mourning in your life is a choice that you have to make in life. Things happen to us. Situations sometimes are really bad around us. And when those bad things happen to us, because we live in a fallen world, when those bad things happen to us, we have a choice to make. Grieving, mourning is a choice. It's a healthy choice to feel sad emotions. So in spite of all this turmoil and disappointments that life offers and in spite of all the upheavals that we may experience in life, how does God comfort me when I grieve? How does God come into my life situation that may be really terrible or really bad? How can God in the midst of my mourning and in my grieving, how can God Bless my life when my heart is so broken. Let me just give you, you may want to write these things down, six ways on how God blesses our broken life. The first way is this. God draws us close to himself. You want to know how God blesses a broken heart? He draws us close to himself. Psalm 34, verse 8 says, The Lord is close, notice this, to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Certainly when you and I are going through a grieving process, it may feel like God is a million miles away. We don't don't feel him anywhere close to us. But can I assure you this morning, God has never been closer to you. Be assured of that truth this morning, that God has never been closer. Embrace what this psalm is say, saying to you this morning, that God, in the midst of the deepest pain in your heart and in your life, is close to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 10 says, Our hearts ache, but notice this, but we always have joy. We are poor but we give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. That's the difference. What this verse is describing, that's the difference that Jesus makes in our life. In other words, it is difficult to experience the closeness of God when there is no connection to God. Absolutely, that is true. If you don't have a relationship with the Lord, yes, you are going to experience the, the, the presence of God not being close to you. You're basically left on your own. You are removed to handle the resources of the pain by yourself. But the difference that Jesus makes It's in those moments when we feel absolutely alone and we are in the most grievous point in our life of deep mourning. That's because of your relationship with him. You will feel the presence of God's mighty spirit in your life. The second thing is that God grieves with us. God grieves with us. Isaiah chapter 53, verse three says, he was despised. And rejected. Now, this is speaking of our Savior. He was despised and rejected. A man of sorrows, acquainted with deepest grief. We turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we did not care. This verse is describing Jesus who is acquainted with grief. So, when you come to Jesus... And when your heart is breaking and you are in pain and you're experiencing the huge disappointments of life. It's not like Jesus saying, well, I have no idea what you're going through. I don't understand any of that, what you're going through. No, 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 no. Please listen. God grieves with us. That's what the description of this verse is describing for us. And the reason You have the ability to grieve. The reason I have the ability to grieve is because we are made in the image of God. And the reason we have emotions is because God is an emotional God. That's what separates humankind from animals. Animals don't grieve. A cow doesn't grieve. Birds don't grieve. Snails and whales don't grieve. But the Bible says that God grieves. And because we are made in the image of God, we also have that emotion of grieving in us. And the Bible says that God weeps. He feels the pain. He feels the emotion. That's the description of Isaiah chapter 53, verse 3. When God sees what humanity is doing on earth, he weeps. When God sees how war destroys people and nation, he weeps. When God sees how this planet is being destroyed, he weeps. When God sees the ravages of sin destroying people's lives, he weeps. In other words, what I'm trying to tell you this morning is this. Our God is a suffering God. He is a sympathetic God. He is not a God who is aloof and doesn't care and he's apathetic. No, no, no. He is not standing on the sidelines removed. He is indeed suffering with us. Notice what the Bible describes for us in John chapter 11, verse 33 through verse 36. You know this story. And when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him, and he was deeply troubled. You see the description of God's emotions? It's describing a God with incredible emotions. Where have you put him, he asked. And they told him, Lord, come and see. And then Jesus wept. The shortest verse in the Bible. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him. Now, I want you to circle that word love. Grief is actually an evidence of love. The more you love, the more you are going to grieve about things. Did you get that? The more you love, the more you are going to grieve about things. If you're apathetic, if you're callous, and you don't care what happens to anybody else, and if things don't bother you, and if you don't grieve about the tragedy that happens maybe to the neighbor who lives next to you, and if you don't love them, and you don't care, the Bible says, instead, Jesus cared. He cried. He started crying, which means we have a God. Listen to me. We have a God who sympathizes, who understands. He knows us. It means that God comes alongside of us in our deepest pains, in our deepest hurts. It's a God who comes alongside of us, and he suffers with us. He moves with emotion. He feels the pains and the hurts that you may be going through in life. He feels the loneliness that you may be experiencing because of loss in your life. As a side note, I don't know where we've gotten to in our society that somehow when we show emotions, somehow in our society we believe that's a sign of weakness. Somehow in our society, in our world today, we're afraid to show tears. We don't like negative feelings. We don't like sorrow. I don't know about you, but when I was growing up as a boy, I often heard this phrase, big boys don't cry. And even today, one of the first things that I hear parents say to their children is stop your crying. Stop your crying. I want to let you know that Jesus cried and Jesus wept because he felt the pain of the soul and the angst that people were going through. And having grief and feeling the emotion of grief is an actual evidence of love. Notice what the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 61, verse 2 and verse 3. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it the day of God's anger against their enemy. Verse 3, to all who mourn in Israel, he will give a crown of beauty for ashes, a joyous blessing instead of mourning, festive praise instead of despair. In their righteousness they will be like great oaks that the Lord has planted for his own glory. Here's the third way God blesses the broken heart. God gives us people for support. Romans chapter 12 verse 10 says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Romans chapter 12 verse 15, be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Listen, my friends, God never meant for any of us to go through life on our own. God never intended for you to experience grief all by yourself. He never, experience, he never wants you to experience grief alone. And in these two verses that we just read in the book of Romans, if you are a follower of Christ and Jesus is the Lord, then you are, these verses are commandments for you. Because in Christ... We form one body. That's the church. The church is the family of God, and we are to be devoted one to another like a loving family. So we sympathize with one another. We sympathize with each other. We, when, when, when there is a victory in someone's life, we don't get jealous about them. We should celebrate their success together. When somebody experienced loss or defeat or disappointment, we shouldn't shame that person or gloat over them. Instead, we should mourn alongside of them. And if they are weeping, we weep with them. And what the Bible is saying is that God gives us people in the church family for support. Now, the unfortunate thing that has happened over the past two years is that COVID This pandemic that we're in has caused the erosion of this togetherness feeling. Because we've been isolated for two years. And can I encourage you, whether you're watching or whether you're here, it's time to come back to a place where we understand that the church is the place where we gather for support and encouragement for one another. It's an opportunity when we gather for people to support people who are experiencing trauma in our life. The saddest thing that I have noticed in these last two years is when people in our congregation in the last year, we've had seven people pass on and we couldn't be there to support and encourage them. We need each other, church. We need to come together and support and encourage and build one another up in the faith. Don't let this pandemic cause the erosion of what the Bible is calling for us to take place, to have a genuine affection of coming together, honoring one another, and blessing one another, and being there as a support to one another. Don't let this pandemic erode that aspect and that commandment from our lives. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 says, so encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Can I give you a couple of suggestions? Just suggestions. suggestion. These are absolutely free. Because all of us right now are in one of two positions in life. Number one, either you are either going through a painful experience right now and you need comfort. Or two, if you're not going through pain, then you're going to need the comfort of others. You need to comfort others. Those are the two positions that we are in life. Either you are going through a painful experience right now and you need comfort, or if you're not going through loss and painful experiences in your life, then you need to be available to comfort others. You either comfort or you need comfort. That means if you need comfort, you can't keep the pain. You can't keep your grief. You can't keep the mourning of losses a secret. You can't keep it to yourself. You've got to tell people that you are going through situations that are uncomfortable for you. Healing and support comes. When you share openly and honestly. And authentically with your community. Listen friends. You were not meant to carry. The pain and the burden of living this life. And the disappointments. That this life brings upon you. You were never meant to carry those alone. And if you're going. If you're not going through a period of pain right now. You need to be thinking. Thinking. How can I engage a ministry of presence to someone who is struggling right now? People are struggling. You may know people in your circle of friends who may be going through a struggling moment. And at this point, can I just say to you, it is up to us to be those who comfort. That's what 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11 is talking about. Be there as an encouragement so you can build up your brothers and sisters in the faith. That means you never minimize their pain. When you comfort people through loss, people who are grieving, you never minimize their pain. There's a couple of words we need to eliminate from our vocabulary when talking to someone who is going through a difficult time in their life. You need to eliminate the word at least. At least. Least. You need to eliminate that. Heard a mother who lost a child through an accident and a neighbor came over in a meaningful attempt to bring comfort to this person said these words, at least you're young enough to have another child. I'm sure that's not what that young mother was thinking. I'm not wanting another child. I want the child that I just lost back. Don't try to minimize the pain of someone who's going through a hard time by trying to point something out that is good. We need to eliminate that, those words at least. And never rush people, never rush people. Pain and grief take time. Everyone is different and everyone has got to walk through the painful experience and, and, Nobody can figure out how long it takes for somebody to get over grief. Sometimes people never get over grief. It's going to take a particularly long time in somebody's life. So when you try to encourage somebody, never say to a person, just get over it. We come alongside and we weep and we hug and we love. And we speak words of hope and encouragement to them. And if there is a time to dance and to laugh, we come alongside and we do that as well. God gives us people for support. And here's a fourth way that God blesses broken hearts. God uses grief to change us. Let me give you three verses that illustrate this. The first one is Proverbs chapter 20, verse 30. Sometimes... The Bible says it takes a painful experience to make us change our way. I like what C.S. Lewis wrote one time. He said, God whispers to us in our pleasure, but he shouts to us in our pain. Sometimes God uses pain to get our attention. Sometimes it takes a painful experience in life for us to realize, I've got to change some things in my life. Here's another verse, Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love the Lord or love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Listen, every time you go through pain, you can't control the circumstances. You can't control the pains that you go through. And pain may be with you for years and years and years. Chronic pain that doesn't go away. But you've got a decision to make. You've got a decision to make whether you want this pain in your life, this chronic issue in your life, to make you better or bitter. You decide whether it's going to be a stepping stone in building your character of your life or you decide it's going to become a stumbling block for you. And here's the third verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 17 through 18. For our present troubles, oh, underscore this, your present troubles are small and won't last very long, yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we will see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. What troubles? What troubles are the Bible describing for us? The pain that you are in right now. The sickness that you may be experiencing right now. The suffering, the pain, the loss, the pressure, the stress, the sadness, the problem. But notice what the Bible says. These are simply a momentary struggle because there is a higher and further purpose associated with that. All these troubles, these issues, and these difficulties and losses that we experience in life, these troubles the Bible is describing is doing one thing. It is getting us ready for eternity. See, God is more interested in developing our character, developing our inner being more than he is of our comfort level. See, life right now is is a get ready stage. Life is preschool. It's a learning. It's a learning moment. And the troubles that we experience in life are getting us ready to graduate. God is getting us ready by developing our character through the pains and the difficulties that we experience in life. See, God is interested in your spirit being, your spirit man. Because, listen, trillions upon trillions and upon trillions of years, God is setting up the stage for you to enter into glory you can only take you that is your character your inner being into glory i've never seen i've never seen a hearse pulling a u-haul trailer to a cemetery never seen that You can't take your car with you. You can't take your furniture with you to heaven. You can't, ladies, take your dishes with you to heaven. You can't even take your career to heaven. But what you can take to heaven is your character. Who you are as a person your innermost being and God is really concerned about developing that character because that's what you're taking with you. And that leads us to the fifth way that God comforts us. God provides us the hope of heaven. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 13. Now dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died so that you will not grieve. Now notice this, underscore this, like people Who have no hope. The Bible is telling us here. As followers of Christ. We have the hope of heaven. The amount of time. That you will spend on this earth. The amount of time that I will be spending on this earth. Is really, really quite small. Maybe 80 years maybe 90, 100 at the most. And if you're young here today, you think that's a long way off. It's not that far off. But nothing is compared to the millions and millions and millions of years that you will spend in heaven. I don't think we can comprehend the promise of this hope that God has given to us. And if I didn't have the hope of heaven, I personally would live and be in great despair at this moment. As pastor, listen, as pastor, I have done hundreds of funerals. And I have looked in the faces of people who had no hope when loved ones die, I have, I have stood beside the bedside of people as they take their last breath, and I have seen the terror and the despair on their faces because they didn't have hope. Yes, we grieve as Christians. We don't like funerals as Christians, but we grieve with hope. We mourn with hope. Why? Because our loved ones have gone or are going to heaven. We grieve. We mourn because we will miss them. We're not grieving for them because I know right now where they are and where they are. There is no fear. Where they are in heaven right now, there is no pain. There is no depression. Every question that they had in life has now been answered. There is complete joy. That's where they are. So we don't grieve the fact that our loved ones are in heaven. We grieve and we mourn because we miss them. So when we as Christians grieve when we as Christians mourn, our grief is very, very, very different than the world because we grieve with hope. Without hope, without hope, death is devastating. Without hope, death, death is debilitating. Without hope, death is despairing. Revelations chapter 21, verse 4. And he will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there will be no more death or sorrow or crying or pain. All these things are gone forever. Listen, my friend, listen. Listen. We have hope. And one day, one day God is going to balance the account. And one day God is going to wipe away every tear. And one day there will be no more death and there will be no more mourning. And one day there will be no more suffering. There will be no more crying and there will be no more pain. In fact, my friends, I will tell you that one day... All the old order of things, everything that you know about here on this earth, all the old order of things, will have passed away. That's our hope. And we stand on that hope, and it's a different it's different than the people who have no hope. One last point, and I'll close with this. God uses our pain to help others. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 4 says, He comforts us in all of our troubles. Now notice this. This is why we sometimes go through troubles. We receive the comfort in our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Who better, who better to help the mother of a special needs child than another mother who has a special needs child? Who better to help somebody who lost a limb than somebody who has also lost a limb? Who can better help somebody who has gone through The pain of addiction than somebody who has gone through addiction. Who better to help somebody through the pain of a marriage failure or some other kind of despondent evil in the world than somebody who has gone through that experience? You may not want to believe this, but there is a purpose when you and I experience the pains and the frustrations, and the disappointments, and the agony of this life. Now, you might want to write this down, because let me tell you, this is what God has purposed in all of our lives. My greatest ministry will come out of my deepest hurt. My greatest ministry will come out of my deepest hurt. Why? Because you can relate with what another person is going through. Because you can say, I've been there. I've done that. I know what you're feeling. I know what you're experiencing. I have this empathy of what you are going through. And I want to stand alongside of you as you go through this. I had a dad who was distant and abandoned our family. I know what it's like when a family business has a huge failure. I understand. You can empathize with people when you have experienced that pain yourself. We can never forget that the experiences that you make and come through in life, God wants to use that pain and that frustration and that experience to help other people. God doesn't want you to waste Any part of your life, including the pain and the hurt. But he wants you to redirect your focus in order to bring comfort to those who are in mourning. That's why God blesses those who mourn. Because he has a ministry to others who are also mourning. Here's the bottom line as our worship team comes. As we wrap up, here's the bottom line. And I will say it again, as I said earlier today in our message. We, listen, we live in a broken world. And every day you will experience things in life that don't work perfectly. And that means every day. Either you're going to need comfort, or every day you're going to need to comfort others. You're either going to help somebody, or you're going to need help through a bad situation. You're even able to reach out, or you're going to receive from other people. The Bible says comfort one another. Stand alongside one another. Encourage one another. Be of strength. Weep with those that weep. rejoice with those who rejoice. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's what your participation in church is all about. You are part of the body of Christ. We are in this life together. We are in this situation together. We are here to stand with one another. And so if you're going through a tough time, please don't carry this alone through and with you in your life. Be accountable, be open, share with one another. Be authentic in living life because only then can the body of Christ truly shine as we encourage one another. Amen. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father today, May you strengthen our spirits. May you invade our lives by the power of your spirit. Encourage us. Give us the sensitivities and the desire to be alongside those who need our assistance. May we weep. May we cry. May we rejoice. May we dance when things are exciting. But may we also mourn when things are painful and hurtful in our lives. Jesus, I pray that you would draw close to each of us now and let us know that we have a ministry that can bless others because you bless those who grieve and mourn. For, those, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. In his name we pray, amen and amen.